Yo, what is going on guys, and welcome back to the newest episode of the Dova's Dungeon Podcast, your source for everything geek culture. Guys, uh, this is my first uh, ever chapter review for the different manga that come out on uh, Sundays, and I know this is a very, like, specific topic that not a lot, not everyone is going to enjoy, but honestly... The chapters this week, last week they did not have any chapters. They took a week break. All of Shonen Jump did. It was worth the wait. These chapters were very good, very well drawn. A lot of planning was put into these chapters, and that is very obvious to me. So, just a reminder to everybody, uh, schedule for this podcast, Sundays. The time for Sundays is going to depend Mainly because the chapters usually come out at 11, and I need a little bit of time to read them and, like, pinpoint my thoughts on the chapters. And So the time for Sundays, uh, it's not a problem. It's probably not going to be a scheduled thing. But I have decided that Wednesday episodes will be coming out at 9.30 in the morning, just to give everyone some time to listen to it. So I think that's the plan for the this podcast. Uh, like I said, the format might be changed up a bit. I am dancing with the idea of doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Not 100% sure on that. I need to talk to my peers about it and see what they think. But yeah, so let's, let's dive in to the uh, chapter reviews. So spoiler warning. I'm, I'm going to say this once. This is your chance. This is a spoiler warning. I'm going to be talking about the new One Piece, My Hero Academia, and Black Clover chapter that just came out today. So if you are not 100% caught up, I've already warned you. There are going to be spoilers. I'm going to give my in-depth thoughts about this chapter and my predictions for what the next chapter may hold. So, the first one, My Hero Academia, chapter 279. I won't lie, guys, this, this, I'm not a huge My Hero fan. I really, I like My Hero, don't get me wrong. I read the manga, I have figures of it, I watched anime every week, and it's okay, like, I, I like My Hero. It's not the greatest. It's not the worst, but this story arc, ever since they did the uh, My Villain Academia, it's been getting really good, and I've actually been really enjoying My Hero, but this arc is getting crazy. So, the basic premise of this chapter was that uh, Gigantomachia is plowing his way through all the heroes trying to get to Shigaraki since he's been awakened and you know, the League of Villains is on his back just riding it out trying to get to Shigaraki to try to escape perhaps because they did I think they mentioned in last chapter that Shigaraki his defenses are not the greatest right now because he still hasn't fully woken up which if he hasn't fully woken up guys that's terrifying because he's already terrifying as it is. But I really like this chapter. Uh, 
I'm not a huge fan. Like, whenever I watch Dragon Ball, I always feel like some characters, or not just Dragon Ball, but there are some anime I watch where I kind of feel like characters win because they need to win. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, it doesn't make sense how they won. The only reason they won is because the story asks them, not really asks, tells them they need to win. The story dictates that they need to win in order for the plot to proceed. And that's what I was kind of afraid of with this chapter, because uh, Class 1A with a mixture of Class 1B uh, are trying to stop Gigantomachia. And let's just face it, Gigantomachia is a monster. Like, he's going up against Mount Lady, Kamui, Wo Kamui Woods, and all the Class 1A and 1B, and he's blowing through them all. So I did not want them to stop him with a very unexplainable method, if you get what I'm saying. I, I just did not want a, oh, we defeated Gigantomachia. And then as the reader, you think, well, how did they do that? Like, that makes no sense how they did that. I just, I just did not want that kind of scenario. Spoiler alert, Gigantomachia does not go down this chapter. He, uh... Sorry, my phone was going off. I think next chapter he may go down, but honestly, if he does go down, I, I will be satisfied. Because one thing I really liked about this chapter was the teamwork. Like, Class 1A and 1B were working really well together. They were setting traps. I saw um, Mineta using his uh, his balls, and I think Saro's tape was uh, connecting the balls as kind of a net trap to get Gigantomachi at a stick, and then they were making holes... And, uh, I'm terrible with my Hero Academia characters' names, but the girl with the mushroom power, yeah, she was, uh, she was releasing spores to try and slow him down, and I liked it. I really liked it. Just kind of like, uh, in the movie, the Heroes Rising movie, how everyone had to team up against Chimera just to take him down. Like, I like seeing that stuff. Whenever there's a opponent that's stronger, I don't like it when anime just is like, oh, let me pull this new power up out of my butt. Like, no, that's just, it just ruins the story for me. And teamwork is exactly what I like to see. And there was some very good teamwork with uh, Momo really coming in, uh, creating all that sedative for him. And I was thinking, I'm like, uh, this sedative, how many of them are they going to have to pump into this monster in order to just slow him down? You know, only one sedative needs to be uh, given to him orally, and she made like 50 extras just in case, and honestly, very well done, Momo. Uh, Momo's showing her smarts here. One of the things uh, about Momo that uh, I just, I don't feel like we get enough of is her smarts. Because she was recommended for UA. Like, she was one of the few recommendations. And, you know, we she hyped her up about how smart she was, how tactical she was. And then the tournament arc came. Of course, she had her, like, self-doubt and everything. Because she lost. She, like, lost real quick. And then 
the exam that she took with Todoroki, she was feeling very uh, unconfident there too. So it's very good to see Momo uh, showing her uh, tactical abilities. It's, a, it's something I've been wanting to see a lot more of when it comes to Momo. And guys, I gotta say, I love Gigantomachia. I know he's very much just a big brute that is super strong and ha because he has multiple quirks that uh, All for One gave him, I suppose, I guess. Uh, but I do. I love Gigantomachia. And the fact that Class 1A, they get their ass beat. Like, let's just be, let's just be real. They get their ass beat. And I just, I just, what I worry about is I don't want Class 1A to win. Like, this battle uh, against Shigaraki, I'm guessing they aren't going to win, but I don't want them to win. Like, I don't want them to come anywhere near winning. I want them to get stopped. There was just scenes where, like, Kaminari was shooting his discs so he could uh, electrocute the League without friendly fire, and then Compress is just throwing rubble at him and stops him there. And then Jiro, using her headphones, is like spying on the League of Villains on the back of Gigantomachia and Dobby notice and just blasts her with fire and like this is just it the class 1A while they are very powerful they're very untrained they're not official heroes they're not supposed to be great at this they're not supposed to overpower everybody like the pro heroes would so it's very nice to see uh, class 1A getting a little helpful serving of uh, medicine, their own medicine. Uh, Midnight. Midnight was someone I wanted to see in this chapter. Uh, thankfully we didn't. They're kind of leaving her fate uh, inconspicuous because in the last chapter it showed her getting surrounded by a bunch of villains and we weren't sure what her situation is right now. And I was mentioning to my friend, uh, shout out Nate, uh, we were talking about Midnight. And honestly, I gotta predict that um, it's just gonna cut back to her and she's gonna like have her clothes cloth, torn and her quirk gets activated and she's just gonna have one of the villains just sitting in her lap while she's talking with her comms and just petting his head. Like, I don't think Midnight's gonna die, but I'm glad they're keeping it uh, conspicuous. Because I, I love a good mystery in manga, and I think I thought it'd be too early for that reveal. But, uh, oh my goodness, Mount Lady. Mount Lady is the MVP of this Gigantomachia brawl, because she is pushing through pain. Like, you can see her all bloody and beaten and she's still just jumping at Gigantomachia trying to hold him back and the end the chapter ends with uh her like prying open his mouth as Mina uh covers herself in her acid and just gets ready to throw that sedative into his mouth so that's that's one of the reasons why I do think that uh that uh Gigantomachia is gonna go down next chapter you know, my prediction is, is that Mina is going to get the win. She's going to throw that into Gigantomachi's mouth and he's going to get sedu seduced. <sighs> sedated. He's going to get sedated. And if that fails, I think they're going to lose. Like, I think they're going to lose. Gigantomachia is going to blow through them and get to Shigaraki and get him to safety. 
That's my prediction. That that's what I that's what I want to happen. Honestly, I want Gigantamachi to win. So, that was the chapter overall. Very good chapter. A uh, little bit not as crazy as uh, some previous chapters. Mainly the chapters, the few chap, two or three chapters after Shigaraki woke up. Those chapters were just insane. And yeah, uh, there's a new chapter for it next week. So uh, look forward to that review. And the next chapter I want to talk about is the Black Clover chapter. Now, guys, I did not mean to make it like this. Honestly, I was um, starting the... Uh, I decided to do My Hero first because I, out of these three series, My Hero is my least favorite. But it's also arranged in like the order of the chapters I like most, which I did not mean to do. But, oh my goodness, the Black Clover chapter for this week was... It was great. It was really good. I, so Asta got a power-up from the devil within him, but he could only do it with one arm. And what I really liked about this is that it wasn't permanent. Like, the devil inside him is literally like, dude, you've got 50 seconds, and if you can't beat this guy in 50 seconds, you're gonna die. Like, my, you can't handle this power for more than 50 seconds. But honestly, uh, besides Asta's power-up, the, really, the thing I loved most about this chapter was the choreography between so the basic is that uh yami and asta were teaming up to finally take down dante after he has uh, gone full uh 80 devil power and there's a lot of team there's a lot of teamwork in the the chapters this week but the choreography of the fight and the teamwork was just it was just beautifully executed and Sorry, it's, it's thunderstorming. I don't know if the mic picked that up, but uh, it is thunderstorming outside. Uh, honestly, I cannot wait. I can't wait for this episode to get animated because I feel like it's going to be very much a uh, Valdros versus Asta episode where the animation is just crazy quality. And the art, like, like I said, there was a there was a break last week, and it really shows because the art in this chapter is very well done the detail of the of dante's body because dante has assumed a new form and his body is very stringy and it's kind of unsettling in a lot of the panels but i love the art uh this week one question i did have is dante had like stone swords and I know his magic is gravity magic, so maybe he used the gravity to, like, mold the stone into swords. But I, that's something I wanted to bring up because I was just very... I was a little thrown off. I, I, was, I was a little thrown off, but not too much. It was still good. But I gotta say, this the 50-second time limit that uh, the devil gave Asta made the tension perfect. A lot of things I don't like about series is lack of tension you know you you get to like like dragon ball super one of the main things i did not enjoy about dragon ball super was the lack of tension in the series because you know how it's going to end you're going to get to the end of z which is the eight year time eight year ten year basically the big time skip to the end of z where super takes place you know they all survive like it's 
it's just a lack of tension. But this chapter brought a lot of tension because there were just individual panels where Asta's just thinking in the back of my mind, his mind. Or maybe it's the devil telling him. I think it's the devil telling him. The devil's telling him like 10 seconds, five seconds. And it even gets down to one second. And I, when I say like I was, so I read this on my phone with the Shonen Jump app. I had, I was clenching my phone. I'm like, oh my gosh, is he going to make it? Like I assumed he would, but I was just, I was not sure. Another thing I loved is just the swords. Like he used all three of his swords. Granted, he didn't really use all three, but all three made an appearance. Like obviously he uh, had his big sword at first. And then the demon dweller sword popped out and uh, Dante grabs that away from him which I don't get how he grabbed that but you know whatever and then he busts out the demon destroyer sword and just goes in for it and it's just you got one second left you cannot go for this kill and then you just see Yami just toss Asta his katana and he grabs the katana imbues it with anti-magic no wait I messed that up, I'm sorry. First he like, uh, Yami does that new technique where it's like death thrust and blows Dante's body away and then he just tosses the katana to Asta, grabs it, anti-magic infused, just slices Dante right at the chest and it finally takes him out. And that was a shocker to me because I always assumed that Dante was the leader of the Dark Triad. He always, he gave me all, he gave off leader vibes to me. So I have a few predictions. Either Dante is the leader, and he's not defeated. He's gonna get back up, take Yami, and then skedaddle. Or Xenon is the true leader of the Dark Triad. If you remember him, he's the one that uh, attacked. The, uh, he attacked the Golden Dawn with his bone magic. If he is the true leader, I, I wouldn't argue because he's really powerful. I mean, my goodness, in that chapter he was in, he killed almost all the mythic, uh, the Golden Dawn members. Like, are you kidding me? Even Yuno, he even managed to kill Yuno, but he was brought back to life with healing magic. But now... Oh man, we get to my favorite series in existence, the new One Piece chapter. Every week, the One Piece chapter just blows my mind. I just, I love One Piece so much. It is my favorite series of all time. So for those of you that don't read One Piece and are just kind of listening to this to support my podcast, for one, thank you very much. I very much appreciate it. But... One Piece does these cover stories where it shows like what's happening in the world while the arc is taking place. It's very, very good writing and it makes the world feel much more lived in. Basically the cover story, last week's cover story, uh, Lola and Chiffon, after finally being reunited, uh, they meet Pound, who is their father. And that was the, that was the last cover art cover page was uh, Pound being like yo I'm your father and then Lola and Chiffon just freaking out like what? and I was kind of expecting this uh, week's uh, cover page to be a happy reunion like a oh hugs all around love 
No, not at all. The cover page is literally Lola and Chiffon running away from Pound. The title of the chapter is literally running from the Navy and the guy who says they're, he, they're his father. And oh my gosh, when I saw that, I died. I was laughing for at least a minute. It just killed me because we all know that Pound is Lola and Chiffon's father, but they don't know that. And I don't know, to me, that's just, it was just freaking hilarious. Oh. And I gotta say, the chapter started off really strong. I mean, one of the first panels we see is Conjuro lying in a pool of his own blood. Like, it kind of caught me off guard a little. I'm like, oh shoot, I guess uh, Kiku must have uh, taken care of Conjuro off screen. More, my thoughts on that later. But uh, it's very interesting because I didn't think Conjuro would be defeated this quickly. And maybe he's not. Maybe he's not down for the count. Again, more my thoughts more on that kind of stuff later. But oh my goodness, right after uh, Conjur we see Conjuro uh, being defeated, there's just... I love Oda when he does these double-page spreads because there's so much detail, and it's a double-page spread of the vassals, and it just looks so good. Oh my goodness. And I guess uh, Izo is officially replacing Conjuro as the ninth vassal. Which I, I, I'm fine with because I love Izo. His fighting style is so interesting to me. He's like a samurai warrior, but he fights with two uh, flintlock pistols. It was very cool to see in Marineford, even though we didn't get to see it much. So I'm very excited for Wano to get this part of Wano to get animated so I can see more of Izo's amazing fighting abilities and then right below the uh double page spread of the vassals was a very cute uh flashback of all the vassals just with odin and in typical odin fashion he's like oh man guys we don't got any money well you know what to do get out on them streets and beg for money <laughs> oh it was so funny but oh it tugged at my heartstrings because i love odin so much Man, it was so good to see Odin again. Uh, right after that, um, what shocked me... So in the last chapter, Kaido revealed, he's like, You guys that uh, follow Orochi, you either follow me or you die. And I expected most of the samurai to be like, uh, The dragon god is telling us that we must obey him. I think we should go with that. But everyone did. Like... The Oniwabanshu, I'm terrible at saying this name, Oniwabanshu, the ninja that were literally like protecting Orochi are just like, yeah, 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 uh, we will, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll follow you. And the samurai, the uh, Mimiwara Gumi also are like, yeah, 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 no, we're with you, uh, 100%. And I'm just like, I was expecting a little bit of rebellion. But I guess it makes sense when it comes to the fact that Kaido is so incredibly intimidating. Yeah, that, that kind of shocked me. Uh, we also get confirmation that uh, Shinobu did indeed escape. Uh, so she was not captured by Big Mom. She instead went on ahead to save Momonosuke from being executed. 
more on Momonosuke later. Uh, Yamato. Oh my goodness. So we finally get to see uh, Luffy remove Yamato's cuffs. And it was the same technique that Rayleigh used to remove uh, Kami's uh, collar in Sabayoti. But it was very, uh, very nice to see Luffy finally uh, use it. And I don't know if that's like 100% confirmation that Luffy has full mastery of Ryuo. Or if that's a, whew, it actually worked. That's great. But he takes off the cuffs, throws them away at Yamato's request. And then we just get to the next panel, and I'm like, oh, maybe Kaido didn't rig those cuffs to explode. You know, maybe he's a lot more human than I thought. But then literally, like, a page later, there's just an explosion, and it just, oh my goodness. It was just funny, because I'm like, oh, maybe Kaido does care about his son. And then just, explosion. And you just see Yamato and Luffy bust out of the explosion, and Yamato calls Kaido a cow gorilla, and I just think that's hilarious. And I find it hilarious that those cuffs actually did explode, because I was just like, oh, Kaido's such a good father. Oh, no, he's not. He was literally going to blow up his son if he left. So yeah, Yamato basically at that point is just like, yeah, no, he's not my dad. I'm disowning him as my father. And Luffy had this amazing moment. Because Yamato, when they bust out of the explosion, Yamato's like, okay, let's go kick Kaido's ass. And Luffy's like, no. And Yamato's like, what? Why not? And he's like, we're not the ones that need to start this fight. And you're like, what is he talking about? And then as Kaido is just like about to kill Momonosuke, the vassals just pop out of the background and they're like, We're gonna take you down, Kaido! And they're just, the calamities are like, Oh no! And Izo shoots, uh, I think it's, uh, I think Izo shoots King's weapon and disarms him. Oh, they just, they just arm the calamities and they just go straight for Kaido. And Kaido just turns around and you see Kinemon and Denjiro in the front ready to attack. Kaido's just like, your swords can't do anything to me because the only person to ever wound Kaido was Odin. And speaking of Odin, he says, like, he's like, oh, your swords can't do nothing. And then he just sees a flash of Odin saying, you will never come back to Wano. And it kind of shocks him. He just, like, stands still. And he just takes it, which I'm assuming he would take it either way, but it's kind of the shock value of, like, he saw Odin, he's like, Odin? And then he's just getting it mauled by all... He's getting attacked by all the vassals at once. And it's... Oh, it's such a good... The detail of the art whenever they attack Kaido is outrageously good. Oda is such a great artist, not just a great storyteller. And it's just funny because they just pop out and they're like, Sunachi! And the, the beast pirates are freaking out. They're like... This is no time to drink. It's a raid. Oh, it's so good. And uh, you can see in the art that Kinemon and Denjiro actually do stab Kaido. But it's not revealed, like, if they actually pierced his flesh. I'm guessing it's going to cut to next week. And it's just going to reveal that the swords just did nothing to him. And uh, Kaido's just going to be like, 
I told you, your swords can't do anything to me. And then just blast them all away. And guys, I forgot to mention this because I wanted to save it to the end, but Momonosuke is slowly earning my respect. Because, like, there's this part in the middle that I neglected to mention for a reason, where, uh, Kaido, all those years ago, asked Momonosuke, what is your name? And Momonosuke was more afraid of falling into the fire. So Kaido again asks him, what is your name? And Momonosuke just, oh, he just shouts, I am Momonosuke! I am Kozuki Momonosuke! And, uh, it was just such a good scene, and I have a lot more respect for, uh, Momonosuke now after that. So good. The character development for Momonosuke is astounding. Now, I do have, oh, some problems with this. And honestly, it's a lot of just off-screen defeats. Like, you get Sasaki getting defeated, uh, and, uh, bound. Kanjiro got defeated by Kiku off-screen. And it's like... I feel like Oda is rushing, but I don't want to say that because I trust Oda. Whenever something happens in a chapter that I don't like, or that's like unexplained, I gotta give it to Oda. I'm, I trust Oda. I'm, my hands are off the wheels and I completely trust him. And I'm guessing that this arc is going to be a lot longer than what we think. I think this range is gonna fail and I think it's gonna be a lot longer than what we think. And I'm going to trust Oda to give us the greatest arc that he's ever created. Those were the chapters this week, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, any feedback for me, uh, just let me know. See, Tell me what I can do to improve. Uh, constructive criticism is always welcome. Uh, and remember, guys, the schedule for this podcast is Sunday, undisclosed time. I apologize for that. And Wednesdays at 9.30 is when I plan to drop every single episode of my podcast on Wednesdays. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Have a great day, Uh, love yourself, and enjoy what you enjoy.